Welcome to another episode of the Sports Rap Podcast. Today we have the owner, CEO, Raya Powell of Brown's Early Education Center. And we're going to talk about how sports is incorporated into the early education of children. Yes, I said how sports is going to be incorporated. And I'm sure this is the first time you've heard of that from an early education center, which is the first time I heard of it. So this is why I we talked about having them on for an interview. So again, I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we'll get started with more of the interview. Hi, my name is Mariah Powell and um, I'm actually a counselor, um, youth counselor, but I always say I have two careers. I always work with children, infants all the way up to high school, sometimes college kids. And Brown Early Education Youth Development Center is my baby. It's a program that I am creating to um, uplift African-American communities. And um, starting off with our mission, you know, Brown's Early Education Youth Development Center is a mission to provide quality and development to appropriate child care for children six weeks to 12 years. Our program is divided into three different sections, which is one, the child care section, which is academic-based, as well as the um, school-age section, our school and summer, our summer programs, as well as the youth development portion. Now, the youth development portion is a part of our program where we are actually bringing the high school and school age children to work with our school schoolers and our our um, summer programs i'm sorry and we give them chances to become leaders mentors and give them chances to work for working experience and working opportunities and as Dwayne said earlier um we decided to put our heads together we wanted to do something different as far as early childhood education so we decided to bring in sports and athletics in our in our program also to bring in black men and young boys. So a youth development program also offers jobs, but we also bring in young athletes to come in and work with our children two days out of the week during the after school program and Monday through Friday during a summer program to teach basic, different basic sports techniques, sports, because we, we're, we were getting to explain them why we feel as though sports was an important component of our curriculum when it comes to working at our center. You know, just not making it fun and exploring different things instead of just it being all about learning and academic based, which is important, but we feel as though physical and wellness is important as well, and that's where we bring in sports. So, you heard that. They bring in sports. They're going to be reaching out to young athletes, young male athletes, and that's part of her background. As you know, if you didn't catch it, she has a youth detention counselor, so we are co-workers we do work at the same place the philadelphia juvenile justice center but she has ventured out and decided to have her own business which i think is a wonderful thing and the early education of our youth is a very very critical point um we've been through this pandemic and even prior to the pandemic if you live in the city of philadelphia you have been privy to everything that's going on with our youth. Um, Myself and Mariah, a little bit more in-depth because of what we do for a living. But if you're in and around the city, you see and you understand what is definitely going on with our youth. They are oftentimes uh, misguided, oftentimes unattentive, and not wanting to be their own person they're oftentimes they are followers of their friends 
who often lead them down the, the wrong path. So I'm going to read you the mission statement, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that. The mission statement is to provide quality and developmentally appropriate child care for children 6 weeks to 12 years old. The focus is to stimulate the six domains of development in each child. So how many of you knew that there were six domains of development? And, and I've been around a lot of people. I know a lot of people that have daycares, if you will. I understand and I like the fact that this is not being called the daycare. It's being, it's being called the Youth Development Center, an early education youth development center. And you saw the ages from six weeks to 12-year-olds. So initially, when people hear that age, they would automatically think daycare. It's so much more than a daycare. And again, like I said, I don't know how many of you knew that there were six domains in the development. So those domains are cognitive, social-emotional, executive function, language and literacy, creative expression, and physical and developmental awareness, wellness. So, talk a little bit about the, well, we know what the cognitive, We most of us know what the cognitive, talk a little bit about the social-emotional domain, because I think that's a very, very vital point for our youth today. Hey, um, yeah, my name is uh, Kevin Brown, I'm uh, Mariah's uh, husband and um, co-creator of the, uh, of the company. But um, uh, the social-emotional uh, part is very important. It it teaches it teaches you know teaches you how to control your emotions, how to you know um, you know knowing first of all knowing your emotions and even you know being able to manage them, understanding other other people's emotions and you know being able to interact with other people as well and it's very important because nowadays you know people don't know how to you know um, how to you know get past their emotions or you know how to manage their emotions how to even voice how they feel and everything like that so that's a very strong component for uh, young children as well as adults to learn at an early age Okay, that's great. So you get that. So we all know, as you see, you see Mr. Brown, you see Mariah, you see myself all the time. You know we are African American, so we understand the tough, tough emotional uh, issues that our youth have. And just that being social emotional, it sounds like it ties two things together, the social aspect and the emotional aspect. Because we know that a lot of our youth are socially challenged. I mean, we understand the different situations that of living, which can create the emotional aspect of it. But a lot of people don't understand and don't, I don't believe, really want to attack the social. A uh, perfect example, I think, with this pandemic that we were in, and we're still in the tail end, with a lot of the homeschooling, the virtual schooling, I think a lot of kids, their grades have fluctuated, have been like a roller coaster. And if you ask my opinion, I think that's due partly to the pandemic because 
especially kids, and I'm just jumping a little bit, especially kids in that elementary school and middle school age bracket, I feel like they need that interaction. Like when they're at home, there are too many distractions. And a lot of parents could say, oh, well, I put them in an area where nobody's there with them and they just do what they do and they understand. Yeah, but they're home. So everything that they have access to outside of school is there. Even if you put them in a spot where you believe it won't distract them, just them knowing that it's there will distract them. And I think that comes into play in the social aspect because like Mr. Brown just said, he was shaking the city, said, yeah, we know. You have that social aspect that they need. Um, it helps them grow. Uh, me, for example, my son is a people person, a friend. He's been that way since he pretty much was able to talk. Uh, he is now at Masterman, but in the previous schools that he was at, he would always go up to kids and make friends with them, talk to them, especially the kids that looked like they were off by themselves and and didn't uh, look like they were part of the group. He always would get close to them and bring them into the group, which I thought was a very, very intriguing and beneficial aspect for him and his group. He still does that to this day. So my son is a friendly person. So I, I appreciate the fact that he did that, and he did it on his own, which is one of the things that I was truly impressed with, that there was not anything that me or my wife said to him to say, look, if you see a kid, you know, you go talk to him, make friends. We kind of just let him go, and he did it on his own. And then when we heard that from him and from the teachers, it was one of those things that made us proud parents. So, again, that social-emotional aspect is definitely, definitely needed. So let's move on to the executive function. So the executive function is self-control and flexible thinking. Wow, also needed. <laughs> Which is very important because children, like, they, it's something that they should learn at an early age because when they get older and they go into regular school and being able to interact with others, which goes in social-emotional, they're able to be able to... Help me out, Pat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, sorry, I get touched down. Yeah, the, uh, oh, that's you right. Know, Take um, your time. Uh, you're 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 able to, you know, um, let's say, you know, um, like the self control portion, um, being able to, you know, wait your turn, um, you know, being patient, um, being able to, you know take turns, share, things like that, you know, being able to regu regulate those those type of, you know, those, those feelings inside of you, like, even though you're, you're anxious and everything like that, like, that's, that's a very important, you know, factor in, you know, integrating with other people, per se, you know, other children, you know. And flexible so, thinking, yeah. like, thinking outside the box, you know, being able to, if I can't do this, I can do that. If I can't make go this way, I can you know if something doesn't work out, I can being able to work. How how would you say it? Um, like make it make, make it, it so work for yourselves or make it 
you know. Mm-hmm. It's not always the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to children, sometimes and we have to we have to approach them in our terms. It's all sometimes it's me, 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 but we have to teach that you know, if it don't work, it's okay to move on to something else, or it's okay to learn a different way, or. I can't play with that right now, like you said. So I got, I'm going to play with this until he's done. So I do think that that's very right. important because sometimes you see that in adults, adults, some adults can't even function that way or be flexible when it comes to making changes. So that's why we, we said that that's very one of the most important domain within our curriculum and within helping our children work on. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, I think especially at that six weeks, uh, I'm going to, Yes, maybe up to about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. When, not a bad way, but when the kids are most vulnerable, I believe, where a lot of times they don't understand that, okay, somebody else has this now, I can get to it later. It's at that stage, I believe from what I've seen is more so, the demand where they say, oh, you got it. Well, no, well, I want it now, so it's my turn, you know. Whether it's their turn or not, it's somewhat that demand. But helping them understand and find ways that will help them share is is a great thing because, like Mariah just said, there are still a lot of adults that still don't know how to differentiate that. And like we know, kids are kids. Uh, some of the things that they say are going to be direct. They are most of the time colorblind. Keyword, most of the time. And a a lot of things that they do are um, emotional and, and on instincts. So with that executive function thing, peace, I'm sorry, it's great to see that you want to teach them how to understand that if I fail, I can try again. I can get back up. So like that, somewhat that cliche saying is, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how you get up and respond, which is a great thing. And I think they need that early because if they wait too long, then when it hits them, they won't be able to understand or function within that realm. So, Oh, this is a great one. The language and literacy. Language and literacy. Okay, so language and literacy to me is one of my, my favorite because language and literacy consists of, you know, reading, writing, vocabulary at an early age, like starting from infancy, just talking to the babies and getting them just babble, you know, getting them to, to, to touch, not even like... We have books in there, soft books for them to get them to be able to visualize and see different words, and that's how children start to learn to talk. And by the time they're two, they're they're starting to speak. As they get older, their vocabulary extends into preschool, which is very important, especially in our African American communities, because as we think that a lot of our kids have a hard time with language and literacy. They have a hard time with reading comprehension of vocabulary, using words the correct way. So if you start that early, making children you know, aware of how important reading is, writing, not just that, when, when ex- how to talk when they're expressing themselves. Um, yeah, it's a... You got me? Yeah, no, no, I was just saying... It's a bunch of things, like, and you can make it fun when it comes to younger children. It don't have to be... It don't have to be really... Um, 
just, just the whole like it doesn't literally have to be the academic way like you know you singing songs writing yeah and being creative with it and teaching them from like we said six weeks to twelve so as they get old and they become independent they'll have those skills and their knowledge to be able to when they get in school take those academic basic tests and be able to read and write which is that the educational part of school is when you just throwing them into school or elementary school, kindergarten, and they not understanding, they not they confused about what's going on because they haven't developed those skills yet. So when they, when you attack those skills at a young age, it makes it easier for children as they get older, all the way up into adulthood. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and as you know, the the youth that we work with, I feel that is a piece that was missing from a lot of them because we talk to them and, and a lot of times in the department I work and I work in admissions and so I get them fresh off the street right in the door but a lot of times I've had to tell kids or speak to the youth and tell them yo like please and thank you these are words that are not excuse my language are not kiss ass words these are words of respect and you have to learn how to talk to people in order to get things that you want or things that you need. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have our youth, our African-American youth, who just don't know how to talk to people, who don't know how to express themselves. And a while back we talked to a gentleman, Jason, Dr. Jason Carthen, and he mentioned some of this, but we were talking about those at the time, but he mentioned some of this where one of his analogies was you have these young men or these young women who don't really know the vernacular, but they want to have a seat at that table. You can't go to that table and not present yourself well, because at that point you're just going to heighten their stigma of you and of us as a people. So in order to get there, you have to be able to use that vernacular and express yourself in a way that they will look back at you and say, wow, so this dude, I mean, at the time he was talking about athletes, so at like this time you're looking at this big black guy or whoever is like 6'4", 250, big, imposing because of his size and stature, but when he opens his mouth, he fits right in. And that will kind of change the stigma and make them think, well, if he's here doing it, wonder if there's some others out there that are doing the same thing. So, again, I think that language and literacy piece is very, very good because also with the youth that we work with, they're back, they're in the juvenile system, so they're back and forth to court. And a lot of times they come back and they ask me stuff when they come back from court, like, well, what did my judge say? Why he give me, well, first, let me ask you, did you say anything to your attorney while you were there? Did you ask the judge, could you ask a question? And then on top of that, how did you go about doing it if you did? Which is a big part. And they don't, sometimes they don't seem to understand when I say, how did you say? And they say, well, no, I just asked them, say, well, you know, judge, why are you giving me four months? That's not the right way. You know, you need to be able to say, excuse me, your honor, could you explain to me why the time that you're giving me is the time that you're giving me? And some of them get it, some of them don't. And then you get some of them that have the understanding like, well, I was scared to say it. But you can't be scared 
because at some point you're going to be on your own. And if you don't get it now, you're definitely not going to be able to do it as an adult. And as an adult, you will be taken advantage of even more than as a child. As a child, you have some time, as a youth or a child, you have some time to recover. Once you reach adulthood, you in the water. And it's either sink or swim. You know, so, you know, um, moving on, which I think ties in to the language and literacy, the creative expression. The creative expression is a way, like it could be art, performance, and music. Uh, any creative way to what young children need to express themselves. It don't necessarily have to be, you know, performing arts or anything like that. But like you said, with language and literature, express themselves is very important to be and doing it in a fun way, which can be them dancing and singing. Them, some of them love to draw art just them scribbling and you ask them questions such as like what is that it may be a scribble but to them that can be a house it can be something that's important to them and mm -hmm. um yeah. expression is the key word in there because it, it gives it gives children or anybody the, the 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 room to express themselves in any way possible just like you said it can be anywhere from art from music sports. to performing <laughs> it can be sports Right. You're expressing yourself. You're expressing, you're expressing how you feel, mm -hmm. how you know how you're feeling at that time. Like you know, you, in, in in football, you might be angry, and you know you express yourself that way. That's a that's a form for them to express themselves in that way, and it be okay to express yourself that way. But then you know, like I said it ties back into you know uh, executive function, self control. And everything like that so you know and creative creative expression is a, a great portion that you know a lot of time it's minimized into just like yeah you know that's just art but there's so many ways mm -hmm. that children can express themselves absolutely absolutely so with that being said we move on to number six physical development and wellness the physical we, physical and wellness is very, very important because it's, uh, health is fun. It's very fun with the kids. They're just not sitting there all day learning. They're learning while they're having fun. It's teaching them healthy habits such as eating them right, engaging them into physical activity, strengthening gross fine motor skills, awareness of their bodies, and um, which enhances other development areas <coughs> as well and improves their energy of their energy level. I'm sorry, balance and coordination. Um, yeah, definitely, like, you know, uh, children being able to e explore different things with their bodies, um, different types of movements, like, it can be anywhere from fine motor skills to gross motor skills. Fine motor skills uh, can be anything from picking up a pencil, being yeah, able to pick up small things and everything, whereas gross motor skills deals with, you know, running, jumping, you know, catching and everything like that, and which, of course, as far as our sports component, definitely a big, a, a big portion of it because you know we're we're getting kids active because I feel like, in a lot of these programs, our kids aren't active enough. We have a lot of kids that you know they have so much energy. Sometimes they they learn better that way when they're in movement and everything like that. So you know, absolutely um, forcing a kid to just sit down all day. Just like how you were talking about as far as the homeschooling and everything. Like mm -hmm. 
our our son is eleven and has all the energy of the world and it was painful watching him, you know, sit through them classes and he's mm-hmm. tossing and turning and he wants to play with this and he has to play with the dog and everything like that. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's important to be able to have that release and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that phys- physicality and, you know, getting that energy out. But it's also about uh, wellness as well as far as, you know, healthy habits, um, you know, how to how to treat your body, um, mm-hmm. things to put in your body, you know, um, how right. to eat, how to you know, um, get in rest and everything like that. Just the the knowledge of the things that your body needs and you know and how to treat your body. So. Yeah. So let me let me ask both of you, and I guess you can either go one for the whole question or you can split it. Mm-hmm. Um, what you just mentioned about your son, and I like I mentioned about my son. The distractions, and they may not seem like distractions to a lot of parents, like I said, because they're home, and you understand they're in school, but they're sitting in front of a monitor or whatever, and you can mute yourself from that so nobody hears what you're doing, and that's when you can do things and do that and do that. A lot of times, kids, especially in those age groups, 6 weeks to 12, they need to be active. They need to be busy. So do you think that the interaction is a big part of the development of the youth. What for our social interaction? Just yeah, just social interaction or the interaction period. Like like I said, a lot of times we get the kids that will mute themselves and I just feel like if I got to be sitting here, I think I even if I mute myself, I think I might want to see what's going on with other kids and I, that's not a direct form of interaction, but it's somewhat of some interaction. I think interaction is very important, hands-on, because you need that that teacher there, you know, you have hands-on with different activities, the learning activities, versus you sitting in front of a computer or a camera all day, where, like you said, you can turn off, you can mute. My son was turning off the can- his camera, and mm-hmm. we found out he was playing with the phone. So, teacher called us, right. like, he's not getting his work done. Because, right. like you said, there's other distractions than being in front of that camera. I know that, room. I, I myself, I can't sit there and learn while the teacher's talking on camera and right. pay attention. My mind going to go off somewhere else. So right. I think that on hands-on interaction is very important when it comes to kids because that's how a lot of them learn. That's how a lot of they have to be there. They have to feel it. They have to see you. They have to hear you. You just sit in front of a computer while a teacher's talking and showing videos all day is not, it's, it's, a, it's some, what's mm-hmm. a form of learning, but it's not the best way of learning. Right. Some, sometimes, um, uh, Um, you know, sometimes they learn from the teachers, but sometimes they learn from their peers also. Mm -hmm. So being around, you know, peers that are like, you know, modeling, you know, certain behaviors and things like that, they may feel like they can, you know, relate more to another peer as well. And then they see that, you know, they're, they're, they're following the direction of the teacher. And then, you know, so it's, Interaction is so important mm-hmm. because, um, like, yeah. just like you said, sometimes you can even be standoffish mm-hmm. and just observe, but that's still interaction. You're still watching. You, you're you're watching, and then you know. Of, of course, after a while, you'll you know eventually you know you'll be brave enough to interact and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. at you know at one point I was the shy kid. I was the one that that sat in the back of the class and everything like that. 
was insanely smart, but it was just like I didn't want to show people and everything like that. But see, mm-hmm. like my peers making me feel comfortable a lot of times. Right. Like you know, it's like okay, all right, well I can stand up, I can talk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can interact with people. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's actually you know, it, it's it's not weird and everything like that because I know. A lot of, lot of, with the youth, a lot of, you know, interacting with different people and everything like that is considered weird, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, we, we got yeah, to them. Yeah. Like so, yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. Ooh. Like, yeah, yeah. What, are the, what are the things um, that I liked about what you just said, Kev, was um, the being the smart kid wanting to be standoffish or sit in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. I went through that with my son, and I had to constantly assure him and remind him. He went through the stage in some other schools where he was not bragging or anything, but just by chance, he was the smartest person in the class. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to hide it. Yep. He didn't want to bring it to the forefront. So initially, you know, he was asked, well, why? Why don't you want to? Well, I don't know, Dad. I feel like I might be embarrassing the other kids. I said, well, if they feel embarrassed, then maybe you can talk to the teacher or maybe you can help them get through it. Because my son's a helper, anyway. And I said, but never be ashamed of how smart you are. You should never be ashamed of that. I said, you should want to show that all the time. And his whole thing in some of his other schools was he would get work from the teacher. He would get done to work. And then he would want to help. He would see his classmates or somebody struggling, and he immediately would want to go over and help. Um, There was one particular school... A teacher called me one time. It's like, well, look, your son is this, he's that, and he's that. I said, well, what exactly is he doing? Well, he just gets done his work fast, and then he wants to go help and tell the kids, but that's my job. I said, okay, I get that. I understand that's your job. I said, but you cannot discredit the fact that he wants to be a helper. I think that's a quality that a lot of kids at the time, I think he might have been seven or eight. So there's a lot of kids at that age bracket that don't have that quality. And what I'm not going to let you do is begin to or think you're going to push my son into that being a problem child because he's helping the class and you feel like he's disrupting because he's doing something that you should be doing anyway. So by you saying, well, he's that's my job, leads me to believe that you're a little embarrassed and you're a little shocked that this seven or eight year old kid is doing something that you're getting paid for. So I said to the lady, I said, well, he's seven. He knows how to read. I've been in your class. If you feel that way, don't chastise my son, please. I said, give him some more work to do. If you don't want him to help him, give him some more work or give him books to read. So that way you won't feel like he's undermining your authority in that class or better yet, you go and help that child out yeah. so you don't feel that way. And we eventually got him out of that school, which yeah. was a totally different thing. But it, I think for some of the teachers, it was a problem. But I felt like it was a, a very, very good quality. Yeah, and like yeah. you both just said, a strength of his that – he can do that. And my son is talkative. He's very talkative. We've got that. We understand. He's very talkative. <laughs> but the majority of the time, his talking is not just 
idle chatter disrupting the class. He's helping or he believes that he's helping his peers in the class. And a lot of teachers, some of the teachers didn't see it that way, which I never really understood. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like at that point they're doing a disservice to those children because now, and I think this is part, now that I'm thinking about it now and talking to you, I think this is part of the reason why he might have been saying to us, I don't want to let everybody know how smart I am because the teacher is like discrediting it and he didn't want to come out and say it but like I said now that I think about it and we discussed it on a different level I feel like that was part of it but a lot of these things well not a lot but these six domains like I said I'm sure there are people that didn't really understand that there were six domains and a lot of these domains are very very imperative too the growth of the youth and like we said especially like you're targeting six weeks to 12 years old which i think are very very vital years because you know it's having a teenager and i know it's now having a teenager once they get to that teenager it's more or less oh well you know I, i'm not helping him you know people gonna think i'm a nerd because i sit here and i do this and i do that i said but it's, it's not about that uh I was always, again, like you, Kev, I was the smart kid. Um, I went through a stretch where I didn't want to show it unless I was in school. When I was out of school, I wanted to be a totally different person. But when I went to school, I did what I was supposed to do and everything. But as I got older uh, into leaving junior high school, going into high school, I realized that it was beneficial for me. Um, talking to some teachers, talking to some family members, I started to understand how it would help me in the long run. And I got to the point where when I was at Masterman, they didn't have interscholastic sports. It was just intramural sports. And I got tired of playing intramural sports because it was kind of stagnant. It got to be stagnant. It was like, I'm playing against these same kids that I see every day. I'm playing with them in recess. And then at some point when the intramural league starts, I'm going against the same people again. So kind of have an advantage because I know what he's going to do. I know what this person is going to do. So I, I approached my parents and, and I said to them, um, I want to go to a school where they have interscholastic points, sports. And initially, they really didn't want to hear it, more so mom than dad. God rest his soul, dad was always in my corner. But mom was being a mom. Like, I understand, I see it. Now, like, back then, you know, as a teenager, it's like, yeah. come on, mom, like, for real? Yeah. You know, yeah. but as I've grown, I understood I understand better that those particular moments now, but I felt like I needed that challenge because I was getting bored a little bit. And then it was starting to branch over into the school aspect, yeah. which wasn't good. Now, like I said, I wasn't never in the area of failing or anything like that, but 
it, I was just like coasting. It was like, okay, I know I can do the work. So, all right, I'm going to do the work and just wait till we get ready to go play sports. That was, that was kind of like what I was looking forward to, looking forward to gym, looking forward to lunch, and then looking forward to interact, interaction with the other kids. And, you know, because in class, class settings, you know, you, your interaction is somewhat limited depending on what you're doing in class. So that for me was kind of like my breakout. So I'm actually excited to hear how you guys are going to truly incorporate sports into your program. So right now is 11.53, 53 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. We've got another hour or so to go. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to give them a chance to rest a little bit, give everybody else a chance to catch up if you missed anything. And when we return, we're going to delve into how that sports aspect is going to play a big role in the curriculum of Brown's Early Education and Youth Development Center. You are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with you on the other side in just a few minutes. The second portion of today's episode of the Sports Rap Podcast. Once again, we are in studio with Miss Mariah and her husband, Kevin, who are the owners and... See owner, CEO, and facilitators of the Browns Early Education Education and Youth Development Center. So we are back, and I don't know what's going on. My 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 stuff is really acting weird today. I'm just having a bunch of trouble today. But nonetheless, we are going to get through what we need to get through. So we are definitely back. Like I said. And unfortunately, the live for me is not working very well. I will try and click it in again. But I got video. And we are now going to talk about the sports aspect of Brown's Early Education and Youth Development Center. So I want to let Mariah give you pretty much the gist of how sports is going to be incorporated. And then we will discuss a little bit further, a little bit more in depth. Well, um, we had put our heads together, like I said before, and, and thought of how we would do something different when it comes to our program compared to other programs. And we also was thinking about adding men, because a lot of men don't work in early childhood education. And that's something that we we, we, we definitely need, especially African-American men. And um, so we decided to add sports into the component, bringing in young men, college, college students, as well as um, high school students. And because I know women do sports too, so we definitely bring bring in women athletes as well. So the sports, our sports component is very beneficial beneficial for our young children. It coincides with our center developmental domain, physical development, and wellness. And um, going over uh, our mission as far as the sports component program is sports improves fitness, physical fitness, teaches important life skills, and increases the chances that young children who play sports will become active adults. Playing sports help children learn to control their emotions and channel negative feelings in a positive way. <clears throat> they learn to play with others, develop leadership skills, become team players. They develop multiple ways to learn, share, take turns, and follow directions. These skills help children in family communities, school activities, and self-confidence. The also pro- pro- program will also consist of young, uh, us taking our young athletes to at school programs, 
I mean, uh, programs where they can um, actually meet actual athletes, take them to the field, take them on trips to baseball games, football games, basketball games, and um, just if it's if possible, we can have professional athletes come out to speak to our young athletes as well as our children. So that's how we're, we are incorporating our sports program. Yeah, that that's I like I like all of that, um, especially the part where you're going to have the trips to uh, sporting events and sporting facilities, and possibly have professional athletes come in and talk to the kids. Um, I think that is always always a great piece because so many of our kids look up to a lot of professional athletes sometimes more than they do their own parents or family members and I think that that can give them the encouragement and the assurance that they can do some other things uh with that how do you plan to incorporate the young athletes and bringing them into the program to assist we plan on when we when they come in we're um, offering them um, jobs. We're offering them to uh, create their own curriculum program to any sports that they play. And so y'all putting them to work. Yes. <laughs> it ain't no free ride. Y'all hear that? Y'all young people that are athletes, if you talk to them, come prepared because it's not going to be a cakewalk. You, you're going to be prepared as well. So ironically, or in a sense, their age group is 6 to 12, 6 weeks to 12. But now that you just heard just heard that part you understand that it reaches more than just six weeks to 12 years old yes definitely most definitely um because will, it will be a paid intern and um like i said it's helping them we helping them build leadership becoming mentors and we know that they're, they're going to be busy with their own so we so during school uh during the school um time we're they're going to be working two days out of the week unless they're actually working at school program as a youth as a counselor at the after school program but if they're just coming to, to teach the basic sports uh program they're going to um yes they will be creating their own program they will be creating their own curriculum where they're going to come in the different techniques they're going to be doing with the children and um we will we did come up to saying they have to do well in school they have to like working on their grades we're willing to work with them as far as them doing better that's the whole purpose of our program is for them to develop themselves as well as help us develop the younger generation mm -hmm. so you hear that young people you have an opportunity if sports is something that you like to do sports is something that you love you can talk to the uh owners and facilitators of brown's uh development center and you can learn how you can broaden your horizons and get some more help in succeeding. Because a lot of times the youth don't get or don't understand that there is another side to sports. And one of the things I like that you just mentioned, Mariah, was that they're going to have to create their own curriculum. So it's not like you're just going to come in and teach the kid how to play basketball or teach the kids how to play football. It has to be something structured, which I think is great because myself and my partner, shout out to Baldy, who's not here with me today, but I'm sure he's tuned in. We always, always try to give 
our young listeners and our adult listeners, we always try to give them the other side of the sports world. Like I said, we, we do sports here. We talk about the burning topics and the local teams and things of that nature. But we always, always try to bring out points on the other side. Because as we know, you can't play forever. And there are a lot of avenues that kids are not privy to, especially our young African-American youth are not privy to that are on the other side of the sports world. It's, it's a lot. There's agents, uh, business, GMs, and things of that nature that they don't really get to see. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, that they will have to create a curriculum. So what was one of the biggest points in you incorporating sports into the program and not just making it just the early education, you know, the, the normal or so to speak normal educational development that people would think where you added sports into it. What was one of the bigger things that brought that about? One major key thing is kind of kind of seeing how you know because you know once again my son he's eleven um, seeing how sports helped him um, uh, you know high energy kid you know once again it's a lot of times it's kind of hard for him to focus a lot of a lot of times because you know he has so much energy and everything uh, we started him playing football. Um, the Island of the Eagles. Shout out to the Island of the Eagles. Uh, um, I'm familiar uh, with the Island of the Eagles. Very, very familiar with Island of the Eagles. Yes. Um, so he, he's been playing there since he was five. And immediately oh, he, he latched on to the coaches. Once again, you know, he, he has that male bond. And, you know, seeing these, you know, these these African-American males that are that are teaching him fundamentals with football as well as life. Um mm-hmm. And, like, just seeing how it affected him in school because, you know, now he's a lot more reserved. Now he's, you know, he's able to interact with more people. He, he tends to be standoffish just because, you know, he, you know, he has to know you first before he's, you know, interacts with you and everything. But uh, I noticed that started to break down those walls because he started to learn what um, being a, being a part of a team means, um, uh, you know, interacting with other kids, um, not downing your, your teammates, but lifting them up and, you know, as well as them lifting him up and, you know, how he feels, you know, dealing with loss as well as, you know, being a, being a good winner because sometimes, you know, a lot of kids, they can, you know, they can mush stuff in your face and everything like that, but being humble, being a winner and everything. I notice how each and every one of those like aspects, you know, n- not just you know just him physically playing football affected him, and we started putting our heads together. We were like, yeah, um, uh, this, a lot of the fundamentals of sports are are needed with these children, and you know we kind of limit children to just the academic portion, and you know mm-hmm. we should we should be exposing our children to a lot more than that, so. Um, that's why we, we kind of put our heads together and we were like, how can we, you know, uh, integrate this into our program and, you know, make it beneficial for these youth these days? Because, you know, we definitely need it with lack of resources and, and things like 
things like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, once again, shout out to the Army Eagles. I'm very familiar <laughs> with the Army Eagles organization. So, so <laughs> I, I, I totally agree, and I think that's a great point. And I also think that's something that parents look for, but I'm also going to say oftentimes don't know how to ask for that. It also, I think the sports aspect will also make, uh, like Mariah mentioned earlier, make learning fun. Um, and like you said, Kev, the, the, the learning how to win, um, the learning how to lose, for that matter. And just so people, so you understand, learning how to lose is very, very difficult, especially in youth. Because like we know, and we mentioned earlier, youth are going to be very direct and they're going to be very blatant. So a lot of times you'll get those kids, like you said, Kev, that want to rub stuff in your face, things of that nature. But I think the sports aspect, it, it builds the team. And it also, uh, I think, will instill into the youth that there are going to be times when you're going to win. There are going to be times when you're going to lose. But what are you going to do? How are you going to prepare yourself to get back? How are you going to prepare yourself to continue? So also with that um, being a part of it, uh, let's see. What else do you think uh, the sports aspect will do as far as with the older, the young, older youth that will be helping out? How do and I understand you said they're going to have to create their own curriculum. Um, you're going to give them the two days out of the week during school, and then also, if I if I read correctly, during the summer, they'll be there for um, more than two days. Monday through Friday. They'll be there Monday through Friday. Yes. So, on these trips, what are your plans for these trips? Because initially, when you say trips to facilities or stadiums and possibly meeting uh, professional athletes. Immediately, we all know as parents and we all know as having teenagers, the first thought is going to be, oh, I'm going to get to meet so-and-so. I'm going to go to the game. How do you plan on reiterating the educational points in while you're on these trips? Oh, you did the educational points in? Mm -hmm. What I mean is, how do you plan on keeping the kids focused um, on knowing that there's something for you to learn here other than you just meeting a uh, athlete A or you just meet or you just being at, at a game? Yeah. Well, that actually comes with our our training, them tra us training them properly. When they come in, they definitely won't get training. Have a training on. Um, the purpose of the program, like you said, it's not just about them meeting the athlete, it's them actually learning through meeting these athletes, learning to become leaders. Because you have to show the kids how to, how to properly act. So you have to properly act accordingly. Mm -hmm. As well as, um, like I said, uh, we still are working on that because we have to come up hey, with... Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're still working on that because we have to come up with, because we just can't say, oh, we're going to take you to meet this person. We have to come up with our own way of being able to reach out to these people 
and uh, mm -hmm. getting you know them allowing us to come to their stadiums or come to their gardens or actually having somebody being able to win. That's why we're on. A, we actually we, that's why I was at, <laughs> begging you about coming on the radio to put it to put it out there so that people know okay. and understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, and then right. we did have op which opened up opportunities for us to be able to get those chances mm -hmm. and opportunities. And like I said, us training them properly and giving them like the, the skills to, to, to take it and preparing them like, okay, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to act. And we're going to act, we have to act accordingly. It's not just about, Absolutely. you know, I, it's not just about just me and my favorite athlete, but also the, that athlete being able to show them sportsmanship, to show them, and that also let them know how important the education is. It's not like you said, you can't play forever. It's not always about sports, but mm -hmm. how sports and education come hand in hand. So that's why I said properly yeah. training them and preparing them for the program. And also, like I said, I'll reach and have people reach out to us and come in and give them the same advice, type of advice. Right. Well, uh, it's kind of it's kind of like you know um, showing 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 these uh, showing the youth the the big picture. Um, because j just like you said earlier, it's more th it's more than just sports, um, and like we kind of hope that the you know that we can we can teach them that you know these are how athletes act. This is how they this is how they got there. This is hard work. This is mm -hmm. you know a lot of dedication. This is you know um, uh, it's not all just you know. Yeah, we we're 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 playing football. We playing basketball. We get to go out and this is then the third. No, it's a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work that goes along with it. So hopefully, meeting these athletes and everything like that, it kind of it kind of shows them like you know it gives them the hope that yeah you can do it, but also what it takes to to do those different things and right. that it takes education, it takes perseverance, it takes hard work. So you know it, it, you know we're we're trying to dive deep into these kids so that you know we can, uh, they can, they can learn to dive deep into themselves. Right. So. Yeah, and I, I I totally agree with that, Kev. And it also, um, when you said the work that goes into it, I believe it also will give them the aspect um, of knowing that I don't just get up and go play a game and then go home. There's a lot of things mixed in between. Um, going back to creative expression, executive function, language and literacy, more, most importantly, language and literacy. These guys and these women, they, they have to talk to media. So you have to present yourself in a way that the media will expect you, respect you and understand what you're saying. So I think that's, like I said, the big piece, that language and literacy. Their creative expression. Their, their schedules are so hectic. And I think that will be one of the other things that you'll be able to um, instill in them and, and teach them that this is like, it's a job. Like, you look at it as it's a sport, they're having fun. Yeah, but there's a lot more to it than them just playing for those nine innings or those 60 minutes or those 48 minutes or whatever the time frame is or whatever sport they choose, there's a lot that goes into that. And again, the team building, and I'm sure once you get a hold of some of these athletes and some of these other professionals in the uh, sports, that they will ensure them and tell them that, yo, it's a lot more than what you think. Um, just so you know, it's going to take 
a lot of letter writing, and I'm sure you already know that, but you have to stay consistent with it. Um, I just am speaking from my ha- my behalf of doing the sports show and how I connected with some of the people I connected with. Um, for a while, I was very connected to the Philadelphia Soul, which is a now defunct Arena Football League, where I constantly sent letters and had to explain myself time and time again in more than one way of what my point was and what I wanted to do with that. Um, a good friend of mine, Joe Richmond, and I will bring you guys to I'm sure he's watching. I'm sure he'll get wind of this. He is a very, very big advocate for the youth. So there's another person that you could possibly reach out to, and I'll talk to him about that. And I'm sure it wouldn't be um, any problems with him. But you have to just go out there. And I know you know this by starting your own business, but you got to jump out there. And there's going to be times when people are not going to respond. Um, I'm still going through some of that now. And I've been doing this for going on seven years now. And there are still people that I want to reach out to that I'm still reaching out to that just haven't, we haven't connected yet. But I'm going to speak it into existence and I'm going to do it. So if there's any help that you need from me, any questions you have for me, feel free at any time to ask on how I got to this point or how I got certain things done. And I just deep down inside think that sports is so important to our youth because like Kevin said um, the the team building the working with others is very very important and very vital especially and I keep saying this especially again to our African American youth who don't always have the outlets uh, who don't always know how to reach out um, who don't know what to say or how to say it. So I'm sure that this program that you're starting is going to be a great one. It's going to be very, very beneficial to our youth. Um, I thank you for having taken time out of your days to come out here this morning and sit and talk with me and talk to my guests and my local, my usual followers about uh, this uh, particular program. Once again, it's the Browns, Browns Early Education and Youth Development Program with sports as a major part of the curriculum. Now, before we close out, they're going to give you all their information, their social media, contacts, and everything like that, where you can get in touch with them. And I'm definitely going to post it again when I get done and when I do my editing and post my videos on YouTube or whatever. But right now, I want to take a minute and I want to get back to one of the things I mentioned uh, in my opening, in my notes, when I spoke about the coach who was, who has now since been fired, dismissed along with some of his coaching staff. And the story, if you don't know, just to give you the background, the story is there was a coach, I think it was a football coach, who forced a young man on his team to do some things that were highly against his religious beliefs so basically the story played out where the kid was forced to sit uh by himself 
and eat a pepperoni pizza. According to the story, this young person, his religious beliefs did not allow him to eat pork. Um, it got to the point where the coaches told him, well, just pick the pepperoni off and then still eat the pizza. He was like forced to eat the pizza. Again, those coaches have since been dismissed from that program. For me, I feel like it was disrespectful to the child, disrespectful to that child's family, disrespectful to their religion, and overall disrespectful to the sport. So what is your guys' take on that whole situation? Um, uh, that's horrible. Um, I always looked at sports as a way of uniting so many different cultures and, and different things together. And, you know, the thing is that a big portion of sports is respect. And I felt like that was just lost in, in that, that instance. It was like there was no sense of respect for, you know, that, that young man's uh, religion, his beliefs, his family, him as a person. You know, because it might not even be religion. He might not like pepperoni. He might not, like, that might make him sick. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> it's an all-around respect issue. And and um, it was, that was a kind of a personal conversation we had yesterday. Um, uh, we, we talked about how, um, you know, a lot of adults demand respect. But we also have to respect these children as well, you know, um, just because they're younger, just because, you know, they, they may, you know, they may be younger in age and everything like that, like, respect is respect, and we do have to respect people's emotions, people's religion, people, people's personalities, we have to respect those things, so, um, I am so glad that those, <laughs> those people are, uh, have been dealt with accordingly, but, um, that, that's something that, you know, uh, um, universally, not even just with sports, just just in you know integrating with each other. Period. We should we should definitely respect everyone's Absolutely. you know everyone's personality, their religion, and and culture. So. Mm -hmm. You got anything to add? <laughs> Ivan Robinson, Mike Mouse, what's going on? I'm digging too deep, but that doesn't that seem to me like it's going with the the young going a little too far with the athlete who got fired because he bent down one knee because he didn't want to. Oh, that's 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 once again. Yeah, play, it, so. it, it it can take you. It, it definitely can take you back yeah. to that instance, and she's referring to yeah. the Colin Kaepernick issue where he took a knee um, in the flag. And in my opinion, we talked about this several times on the show. In my opinion, that whole fiasco was just what it was. It was a fiasco. Mm -hmm. um, Colin Kaepernick was very demonstrative in his fight. He was also very particular and critical in his fight, where if people don't remember, you can always go back and check the story. And he put it out there himself. He spoke to several veterans before he decided to take that stand and, and take a knee during the national anthem. So he was very, very precise in how he planned out 
that protest. And all of a sudden, the media and a lot of other people made it about the flag, which it was never about the flag. We even went so far on this show as to bring it to the attention of a lot of people that the national anthem or the Star Spangled Banner, whatever name you choose, the part that is sung on sporting events is only one verse of that song. It's like the first verse of that song. That song completely in its entirety is four verses, I believe I remember correctly. And you can Google it if you want people, if you don't remember, but Google it and pay very, very close attention to the third verse, which is very, very disrespectful to African-American people. And we even went so far on our show at one segment where we tried to get to the bottom of it, tried to get to the um, understanding of how it came about to have the national anthem sung before sporting events. And it was like uh, two weeks that we went through that. You know, we got some answers, we figured some things out. But we also posed the question that we still have not gotten a clear and concise answer to as to why the first verse is only the, is the only verse that's sung. So it is very deep. It's very deep. And just because you brought that up, there was another incident a while back where there was a high school coach who demonstratively and very angrily chastised a kid on his team because the kid told him that he wanted to transfer from the school. Now, this particular youth wanted to transfer because he saw some things that he didn't feel were right. Um, it got it to the point where it was racial, and he stood on his own two feet and made a statement for himself and for others that he wanted to leave the school. And then this coach went on a rant, and he basically downgraded this kid and told this kid, well, I own you and things of that nature. You know, I um, I can ruin you, and you want to leave the school, I will ruin you, and things of that nature. Now, that, I forget what state that was in, but those co that coach's office has also since been dismissed, and... It was even taken so far as to that particular school was eliminated from the league that they play. And I think it was Florida. I think it was one of the higher echelon leagues in Florida. And they're now been dismissed from that league. So I see you over there, Kevin. Yeah. So any thoughts on that particular issue? Um, my, my, the, the, the biggest thing that, that affects me as far as that is, is concerned is not only you know, that child standing on his own two feet and being belittled like that, but all the hard work from his other teammates and stuff like that being thrown down the drain. And it's just like, wow, like, like now they're trying to pick up the pieces, you know, what, this was high school, right? Mm -hmm. So you have high school prospects that are looking at college and this is ruining you know their their you know their prospects for looking the uh, people looking at them to make the college jump and everything like that and it just right. and, and this is because of the acts of this coach that just ruined everybody which I feel like that that portion wasn't fair but 
just like you just like you said, we're we're if we're talking about the bigger picture, if we're talking about like the whole the whole organization as a whole, um, that's the that's the issue, then it's like what can you do as far as as far as that's concerned. So, you know, suspending the team from, you know, contention and stuff like that. That's kind of the route to go, but I just really feel I feel I feel bad for those those kids that were involved that didn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with anything, as well as that young man that got challenged and demeaned and everything like that. Like hopefully they were able to make a jump to another school or be mm-hmm. able to contend a, a, another way or something like that. So that, that's how I feel yeah. about that. That's and you know that that particular kid and that you mentioned some of those things you just mentioned, Kev. Mm-hmm. That particular young man had scholarship offers. Uh, it even got to the point where the coach uh, had mentioned to the kid that I own you. I can change it. He was the facilitator or the whatever you want to call it of the grades. So he went and changed the grades. And the smart thing um, about this young man was he was very, very, again, meticulous in his fight for standing up for himself, where he knew what his grades were, what they should have been. And when he finally got there, he noticed immediately that they were changed. So he automatically knew how they got changed and who changed them. So again, this piece that you're doing with having this education as as this part of your education, you can incorporate that. And now these youth will know how to stand up for themselves and how to uh, combat these types of issues because in a lot of places they're still going to come up. Yeah, We know that. Um, we talk about it a lot on this show how racism is involved in sports still to this day. Uh, like we just saw the instance with the Danny Ainge thing like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, he put out there that he doesn't know how to relate to these youth uh, or these younger athletes but it all came about from Kyrie Irving and some of the things that Kyrie Irving yeah. said, who I give a little bit of credit to. Um, there are times when I feel Kyrie is a little strange, yeah. you know, hell of a talent. Yeah. But I do yeah. feel like some of the thing, not him per se, some of the things that he says, you know, make me believe or strike, make you believe that he's a little strange. But this particular instance was something that I kind of stood behind him in. Because he was in it firsthand. Mm-hmm. He played for the Boston Celtics. So he knew what type of environment it was. Uh, there was also an issue before with Mark Cuban and racial stuff going on in Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I, I applaud Mark Cuban because the way that he handled it yeah. was he hired an African-American woman to run his facility, um, to run his team, and bring that to an upper standing. And you haven't heard anything since. So, again, sports people, sports can go a long way. And, again, there's a lot more to it than just actually playing the sport. So, you've got some people here. You've got Mariah there. You've got Kevin there. Again, owner, CEO, facilitators of Brown's Early Education and Youth Development Center. Uh, before we close out, I'm going to let them give you all of their contact information, their social media, and things of that nature so you can get a hold of them. If you do not catch it while they say it, I have it. I will post it 
when I do my posting. Or you can just DM me, and I'm sure if it's okay with them, I can pass the information along. But are there anything, is there anything that you guys want to ask of me while we're here? Don't hesitate. You get one shot. <laughs> we pretty much. <laughs> we asking, not just you, but everybody out there to come out. Like I said, the program is still in progress. We're still getting the program. So any like donations or any help we can get, support, people come out and help talk to the kids. People help, help come out and help us facilitate our programs. We are asking for all that, any help that we can get at all in general, especially with, like I said, it's important for us to add black men to our program. To, to, to be able to go hand in hand with our kids, our young ladies, as well as our young men. So, Absolutely. any type of support we can have, we are asking for. Yes, and spread the word. You know, I'm going to do my part in spreading the word. Spread the word about the facility. Spread the word about what you heard here this morning. Because, again, it's very different than your typical early education. Or like we like to say, and I said, I, I love that point that you didn't call it a daycare. It's an early education mm -hmm. and youth development yes. where a lot of times you get that cliche daycare and they're not really challenging the kids. Um, they're just going with what the general public or the general consensus would say. This is what five, six year olds should be doing in the daycare before they go to school or this is what 12 year olds should be doing now it's a lot different it's a more broad um expression of delving into the development of the youth so with that being said we're going to let them give you their all their information while we're here we're going to start with mariah so we can we can we our number is 267-975-3653. That's how you contact us by phone. By email is brownsearlyeducation, education at gmail.com, as well as uh, we are on Instagram as Browns Early Education Youth Development. We are on Facebook as Brown Education Youth Development. And uh, we are also under Facebook as Mariah Powell and Kevin Brown. So you can reach out to us on Facebook, by email, by phone, any, any way until we get to, we actually get a building that we're able to create our fully program. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Kev, you got anything? Any last words? Um, uh, you know, uh, thanks again for the support. This 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 show was awesome. Ah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, Glad uh, you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. no problem, no problem. That that's one of the things. Like I said, that's one, another one of the things that we um we here at Heat One Hundred Radio and the Sports Rap Show pride ourselves on. If we see or when we see positive uh, African-American people that are doing things that are willing to promote the youth and are in favor of the youth, it's something that we take pride in. It's something that we want to get our hand in. So, again, that's Brown's LA Education Center on Facebook. On Instagram, it is Brown's Early Education. Brown's Early Education. So just like you follow me, get over there, follow them. Again, like I said, I'm going to post a picture or two after this before I do the editing of videos, and I will get all those tags, those handles in it. And like I always say, be great on purpose. Enjoy your Monday to kick off your week. It is going to be another scorcher today. So try to stay cool as best you can. 
and just be mindful of everything that you do today. And again, you know where to find me, SportsRap at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. SportsRap at Yahoo.com is the email. Uh, the audio on iHeart, Google, Spotify, SportsRap Podcast, the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com, and YouTube, SportsRap TV, where these videos will go up later this week. Finally, before we close out, I'm going to give you some schedules for today. We've got NBA playoffs, Bucks and Nets at 7.30 on TNT, Nuggets, Suns, 10 o'clock on TNT. No WNBA tonight. We got some NHL playoff. The Islanders are at the Bruins. The Jets and the Canadians play again. And three games in Major League Baseball. The Marlins are at the Red Sox. The Royals are at the Angels. And the Cubs are at the Padres. So, folks, thanks once again for tuning in. To everyone that tuned in, Michelle Denard, Ivan Robinson, and anybody else that I missed. Ivan, no problem, bro. You know, we can definitely talk... um, Hopefully, we maybe maybe we can talk later this week or something like that. We'll get in touch with each other, but um, we can definitely make that happen. Once again, you have been tuned into Sports Rap. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, stay great. Be great on purpose. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the one the, this Monday, and stay cool, people. If you don't need to go out, don't go out. Stay in and stay cool. Check on the elderly. If you have elderly, check on your neighbors. Check on your pets. And we will see you right back here next week with another great show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. We ain't on a mic no more, are we? Oh, my gosh. I can breathe. It's okay. It's all right. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Ah, no problem, man. Oh. This was great, great, great.